Welcome to the Freelance Jungle with your hosts, Rebecca Lambert and Nicole Leader. You're listening to the sounds of the freelance jungle with your host, Rebecca Lambert. That's me and Nicole Leadham. Hello, everyone. This podcast <laughs> is recording in Wollongong and Adelaide and is broadcast nationally. We'd like to acknowledge the Darwal people of the Sydney Basin and the Ghana Aboriginal people of the Adelaide Plains as the traditional owners of the land we're currently recording from. We also acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Today we're taking it back to where the freelance jungle began. We're going to be talking about isolation and its impact on freelancers. This is a tough topic at times because it deals with the sense of being alone, having to back yourself every move you make, and also touches on other areas such as loneliness, stress, and mental health. As it is the start of the freelance journey, there's also a bucket load of laughs and a whole lot of hope within. And I'm particularly excited about exploring this with you today. Yeah, Beck, it is a, it's an interesting topic because uh, I think a lot of freelancers are naturally introverts. I'm not, but a lot are. And I think and introverts get energy from being alone, but then there's also the problems with being alone and the isolation and the mental stress and, and all that. And, and we extroverts put that extra effort into going out, networking, being online, doing all that things that maybe combats the isolation, whereas the, the introverts thrive from some of the isolation but also it causes issues is that is that a fair point or have I got it completely wrong from my extroverted um, brain (laughs) (laughs) introvert I'd have to say that there is a bit of part of that you know um, when you have self-maintaining energy as an introvert it can be very easy to be caught up in going solo and really enjoying that to the point where you kind of tip over into this thing and you go oh it's been three weeks since I've spoken to anyone other than them the dude at the shop or the postie and now I'm kind of feeling a little bit strange and I think also too beyond the extrovert and introvert thing loneliness seems to be something that we find especially in early stages of freelancing because we we leave that environment that we're used to whether that's school university or um, traditional workplace and all of a sudden it's us for lunch all of a sudden it's us for every meeting all of a sudden it's us every time that we've got to think of think around corners or do some creative problem solving. And I think at a particular point, if we don't put such points in place and we don't recognise that within ourselves, that loneliness can get on top of us before we actually realise that we've got that feeling going on underneath. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think, I mean, harking back to my early freelance days, I, I did get out and about a lot in terms of networking because it, it was the way I built my business, I, I guess, was pounding the pavements, going to the BEC meetings, going to local uh, business groups, going to various 
events and that's how I built my business in the early stages. I guess then after about 18 months or so of doing that, I found that I was, it was sort of, my business was running along quite smoothly and I stopped doing that and I stopped doing that for probably about three or four years and then I really missed it. So I made a real conscious effort last year to say, okay, I don't care how busy I am. I need to actually get out amongst adults that are not parents at my kid's school or, Mm. you know, people on the sidelines of sport or the shopkeepers, you know. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. When you're on the first name basis with your postmaster, that's when you sort of yeah. to the fact that perhaps you need a bit of more of a wider circle. Yeah, and look, early, I mean, early on in my in my freelancing, I was very lucky to meet a couple of other people that lived near me and worked solo and and looking back I can't even really remember how we met it was you know friend of a friend kind of thing and you know we've started up a very loose group of business women in our area and we have lunch end of financial year and Christmas time and we've got a Facebook group and you know it's very 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 casual but it is also really important to all of us and and we're not we're a group of reasonably pragmatic people too like it's not one of those kind of I hesitate to say but those you know some of those women business business groups that that uh, talk about, um, you know, the challenges of being a women in business rather than being in business, which I guess is right. what we are more focused on. We are in business. Our gender is, is immaterial, but it's what brought us together. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think it probably makes a great topic for another podcast. It does. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm preempting that at all. So I'm going to um, get into it now and uh, let you know a few of the statistics that we need to be aware of in loneliness. So the 2018 Australian Loneliness Report found that one in four Australians felt lonely each week. 30% of people also described themselves without appropriate social support. Lifeline's Executive Director of Research and Strategy, Alan Woodward, cited changes to our working habits as a major factor in increasing this sense of isolation through a lack of community connection in permanent workplace less opportunity to create social supports as a result. Research conducted by the Freelance Jungle in 2011 found that the number one shared problem with Australian freelancers was a sense of isolation. It was this shared problem that was the genesis for the Freelance Jungle idea. This feeling of disconnection is similarly mirrored in the 2017 survey for the Freelance Jungle and is a common feature of discussion within our 4,800 strong Facebook group and many of the face-to-face gatherings. Loneliness and isolation can have drastic consequences. In a study undertaken in 2015, loneliness and isolation were found to increase your chances of mortality by up to 26%, with 17% of all Victorian suicides now attributed to work-related causes and self-employed people being categorised as high risk. It's time to have a long overdue discussion as to the effects of isolation on freelancers and what we can do about reducing the impacts. Now, I do want to say, if today's episode is creating stress or difficulty for you or bringing up thoughts of suicide or self-harm. Help is available via Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue's chat service website. I think that's that's quite a frightening statistic, isn't it, Beck? that uh, all the suicides attributed to the work-related causes. And, and I think while obviously some of them are probably the stress of being in an office, I think isolation is, is, a, is a big issue. And to be honest, you can feel isolated working in an office. You can feel isolated, surrounded by people if they're not people that you are choosing to be surrounded by if that makes sense and and yeah. i think it's you know it's a it's a scary it's a scary prospect that 
so many people are doing it so tough and so much of it is work-related and so much of our identity is based on our work and our success at work. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the time that comes a lot through uh, uh, freelancing in a lot stronger ways, you know, because it is our it is our money, it is our identity. We use our names for our websites and stuff like that on occasions. It's, it's all about us. And the difficulty that I find with uh, loneliness and isolation especially when looking at the freelance jungle or freelancing in Australia as a microcosm, is that the isolation is at its core, that feeling that everything is on you, that you have to know all the answers, that you have to know all the connections, that you you need to back yourself every moment that you've got with clients and all that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, the more isolated we are, the more less likely we are to navigate those moments effectively. I know that I've spoken to people that um, even though this group has been in inception basically from 2011 or 2012 in various different forms that have only just come across it in the last few years and they've been freelancing for a very long time. Also, there's always newbies that are coming out there and there's just not that uh, community structure. There's no sort of um, place where you can go and stick a flag and go, I'm a freelancer, where, do, where should I go to find these things? And I think it's quite difficult. You know, We also have our faces so close to the screen and we're thinking about our work and our problems so much all the time our world shrinks. We forget that we're connected to other people. We forget that we're a part of something. If we have friends, relatives and um, partners that don't understand what it's like to be freelancing, we can feel that sense of isolation coming through that because they're the circuit breakers that we would normally have outside of our working life that would give us that feeling. But because we're sort of speaking a different language to them, it doesn't work that way. Also, the other thing is too, our clients are our whole world. And whether we like to admit it or not, the criticism and the feedback and the rest of the stuff that they give us, the hard times, um, even the good times. We have this really sort of concentrated, it's like syrupy, cordial flavoured horror that comes through with these interactions sometimes. And it can change what's going on in our minds. And it can make us feel like the problems that we're facing are much bigger, much greater than what they are. You know, think about it as a single source of information. If your client feedback is what you're living and dying by, that's going to change the way that you feel. That's going to change your self-confidence. It's going to introduce doubt. It's going to make you feel like, you know, you and the work aren't up to a certain standard if you have a run of bad clients because other processes might be out of whack or maybe you're finding them from the wrong places or your rates are too low and you're getting all the tire kickers. It's going to influence how you feel about yourself as a person because, again, that working identity underpins it. And we always yeah. sort of have this whole thing of, of being too attached to who we are when it does come to that working identity. I think I think that's very true and I think when I, I can only really speak my, for myself and I guess from the people that we've seen sort of find the freelance jungle either by accident or because a friend has has referred them in when we first start we're so used to almost that cutthroat world that we've come from that we try to do too much on our own and it does lead to that isolation and I think from my perspective learning that other copywriters or other freelancers were not my competition or my enemy or something to be feared was a huge huge 
huge learning step for me in terms of, you know, I, I got into a group of copywriters, which I know you were also part of, and we shared work and we shared our ups and downs and, and that understanding that other people are feeling isolated, that other people have got a difficult client to deal with, that other people, you know, didn't get enough sleep last night because of an email, you know, that they looked at at 10 o'clock, which can I say, never look at your emails at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Um, so, you know, to, to suddenly realise that, and, and again, as I go back to the, the face-to-face groups that I've got involved with and the people that I know, it's such an eye-opener. It's such, it was so exciting for me, as I said, as an extrovert, to realise that I had this cheer squad, I, I, I've called it in the past. And, mm. I mean, my cheer squad is not my family because they don't understand what I do at all. My mother tells people, oh, yeah, she writes something, I don't know. My husband says, <laughs> I think I sit on Facebook and watch Netflix all day. And I think that's what my kids think as well. So for me, you know, the cheer squad is the the members or are the members of the freelance jungle. It is you, Beck, and it is the other copywriters that I met in those, those early days. It is the women that I know locally that maybe bookkeepers or graphic designers or artists or yoga teachers or whatever they may be that are going through this process together with me that and and I guess because I'm an extrovert I did seek those out I purposely sought those out but to find them was just you know it was everything absolutely and and that's part of the whole thing you know um, proper self-care and looking after yourself matters so we need a baseline to be resilient every day that we know that we need to look after our stress and how we can reduce it by sleeping properly, eating properly, moving and social interaction. These are the things that keep us connected. And if your computer is welded to your hip and the only thing that you get from family, friends, clients and everywhere else is a sense of obligation sooner or later you get crushed by it because there's no choice to Mm. chance for you to actually be you and feel connected with people on a wider scale you can't ignore self-care you can't ignore connection and if you find it online or if you find it in person these are the powerful things that you can do i mean a lot of people um, talk about online connection as though it's a lesser connection but i gotta tell you after seeing people in the disability community and connecting up online through that after seeing it in place with people in the autism spectrum after seeing it in action in the freelance jungle and also hearing about it with people that are regional and remote areas. Sure, online connections might not be as good as sitting down with people breaking bread and having a chat, but it's still important and it's not something that we should um, sort of piss on because it's it's a really important thing that we need is people, friends, connections, talk, and, and, conversation. And quite often those online connections can become offline. Certainly with me, you know, you and I met online all those years back and we've we've probably only met what three times in person maybe but (laughs) it feels like a lot more than that if that makes sense and and there's others there's others that are similar and I think that that's really important those online connections can move offline and and that doesn't mean that everyone that you come across online is going to be an offline mate probably far from yeah. it but uh, there's the opportunity there to to forge those stronger connections with people that are in a similar situation to you and and I think we've spoken about this at other times Beck but quite often a lot of us a lot of people that have chosen freelancing have done so because of things that are happening in their outside life be that yeah. parenting be that caring for an elderly parent be that a, a mentor 
mental or physical disability of their own or of their family. So a lot of those things, certainly parenting and parenting young children particularly can be isolating itself. And then when you add the, the freelancing on top of that, it, it, it uh, you know, makes it worse. And I'm sure that that's my experience and that's what I can speak from because that's why I went freelancing was because of young children and the lack of flexibility in the workforce. And I'm sure for people that have chosen it for other reasons, it's similar. You know, having a disability can be isolating, whether it's mental or a physical disability. Caring for um, an elderly parent or a disabled partner can be isolating. So a lot of the th- the reasons that we went freelancing are, you know, already have inherent isolation in them and then we're doubling up with freelancing (laughs) (laughs) and and, like to be honest think about all of the times in the jungle where women have said I got uh, laid off during my maternity leave or when I announced my pregnancy and how isolating that would be or uh, situations where people have been made uh, redundant or bullied out the door can you imagine how isolating it would be to be in those sorts of situations where you already had um, a knock and then now you've got to come out and make all these decisions and 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 be the absolute all to everything i can't imagine how difficult that must be for people when they're already sort of at 60 70 percent confidence level of course yeah and like i said a lot of those a lot of those situations are already isolating and and you do hear stories of people that they've either been laid off or work's been made untenable because of whatever's happening in their outside life Mm. It, it seems to be reasonably common absolutely and that's you know part of the thing so i think it's probably time to have a little outbreak on that one though yeah have some time to think about that all righty so uh let's have a listen to one of our wonderful ads from one of our wonderful sponsors Freelance Jungle, we get by with a little bit of help from our friends. And one of those friends is Jess Harkins from Six Onions Design. As a visual storyteller, rebellious thinker, and strategic brand builder, Jess is obsessed with designing good looking things, and she can help you find the right ingredients for your creative needs. Jess works on all sorts of different projects, such as graphic design, branding, marketing, content, websites, and photography. She looks at the many layers of a project through the idea, concept, construction, development, and use. For the freelance jungle, she's an integral part of producing our Patreon rewards, as well as looking at the merch that we've got coming soon. We'd like to acknowledge Jess's contribution to the freelance jungle. She's worked tirelessly for us and always brings wonderful amounts of enthusiasm, creative and imagination, and tippy-top graphic design. If you're looking for someone who can do your project justice, please give Jess a call. She's absolutely amazing. You can find her at six onions.com okay so 
we're talking today about isolation in freelancing and why it's important to combat those feelings of loneliness. You're with the Freelance Jungle with Rebecca Lambert, that's me, and Nicole Leader. Hello, that's me. You may have seen in the jungle a couple of times, uh, whenever I introduce new members, we have a few standing pillars of what we like to design our community around. And one of those is stress has a productivity cost. I believe that if we're under stress and we're not feeling great about ourselves and we're moving past stress into potential acquired mental health conditions or prolonged stress, which can have physiological and mental health impacts, we're not going to do our best work. So one of the things that the freelance jungle tries to do is remind us that stress can have that impact and stop us from doing our best work, whether that's working the hours that we need, the critical thinking that we need to do it, or even creative problem solving or thinking of the next creative solution to what we've got at hand. I think it's also important to to remember that part of having connection is that you don't have to make every mistake yourself over and over again. If you can ask someone, hey, have you come across this late paying situation before? Or if you can ask someone, what happens when someone's using my photo and they haven't asked for permission and then other people can come in and give you those answers, it's going to lower your temperature a lot quicker than say if you're hanging out with Google or trying to work through the answers yourself. And it's also that softer, wibbly, wobbly values. So life is a lot easier when you've got friends that you can turn to. Life is a lot easier when you can say to someone, hey, I had a really bad day and I'm just not quite sure I can shake it. Can you tell me how you're going? Because we get that sense that we're not alone. And I think that's, you know, that stress is a productivity cost. That's almost opposite than what um, popular culture would have us believe, which is that, you know, <laughs> stress, you, you've got, you're so busy and you've got so much on and you've got all these balls in the air and isn't your life fantastic because, you know, stress for some reason equals success and uh, <laughs> you know we know that yes. that's not true and uh, I mean stress you know has led more than one person to near nervous breakdown in workforces I'm sure and uh, we're so used to that myth of the hustle and the stress and that means we're you know if we're if we're stressed that means we're alive it's just rubbish and it's it, it, and it's hurtful and and dangerous absolutely you know I've become really interested recently in the slow movement um, I don't mm. know whether you've heard of it Nicole you might have heard it actually seeing you yeah um, Adelaide Hills you would have heard of the slow food movement where they yes you know, paddocks a plate and making the beautiful passata over the day rather than reaching for the, the jar of whatever. There's a, a movement now that's starting, which is really exciting, which is called the slow work movement, which talks about going back to those good old days of being the switch watchmaker, you know, where you study the work, you look at the work, you build the watch, you keep that watch over time for 50 years and you're the guy that they return it to and that kind of stuff. Mm. The ethics of it basically or the underpinnings of it is that whole idea of don't just be caught up in the busyness. Don't just be caught up in thinking that motion is proof of creation. You know, I have a very strange underpinning where I believe that every single person is actually driven by the desire to create because we want to leave some kind of footprint before we go. Because on some level, we realize that we've only got a short period of time here. And with some people, it drives them to create children. Some people, it drives them to create, you know, community connection and not-for-profits and to look after people. Some people, it um, drives them to create a profile, whether they get into pop culture or become a pop star or a politician. And I think with freelancers, we have this desire to create work that is 
purpose-driven and meaningful on some level, even if our purpose-driven meaningful version is fixing the greengrocer's problem with their website or making sure that the next time those government documents are accessed, people can actually read them and make use of them. And I think we forget to connect with that purpose sometimes because we're so stuck in feast and famine mode and because we step off and we get surrounded by social media and we get surrounded by pressure that says you have to show all of your achievements externally for them to be recognised when really the best work is often done in the dark. Yep, very true, very true. But I I think (laughs) as we talk I'm I'm getting lots of ideas for other podcast episodes to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) which is the nature of how we talk to each other I think this is the reason why you know guys you wouldn't be privy to this but Nicole and I probably talk to each other more than we talk to our partners through IM chats emails and everywhere else and also when we have a meeting to discuss a particular aspect of the freelance jungle it might be 20 minutes but before you know it we're starting to solve world peace and trying to connect Nansen Mandela and reanimate things and it gets a little bit crazy so moving run along let's get into tip time um, we need a little jingle for that <laughs> tip time tip time <laughs> welcome to tip time <laughs> guys if you're liking this stuff by the way um we can get as cheesy as we need to be well i can get as cheesy as we need to be nicole will be vetoing some <laughs> of that cheesiness as we go along i am However, if you are listening, I am pushing for love song dedications to be added at a particular point in time where you can uh, dedicate songs to your clients, good, bad, or indifferent, at the later stages. Anyway, and, and we do we do have time. a post on the site on the group at the moment about someone that's got a bit of a crush on the client, so this could work well. Can you imagine it? We could like can't get enough for your love, baby. Play that in the background when you're working with your client and see whether they get the message. Uh, <laughs> you can take the girl out of love life, but you can't take the love life out of the girl. Okay, so rough tips for combating isolation. Find people that get what you're going through. We've talked about this, but don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Sometimes it's really valuable being the person that asks the newbie question because it also connects the old staggering horses back to what it's like being new and reinvigorates our empathy because when you've been hard slogging this for five years or more, you can forget what it's like and uh, it can be rejuvenating to help people out in those respects. Attending freelance jungle events. Now, I know that sounds like a surf surf tip but make them a priority the reason why we run the freelance jungle is because i didn't want to go to networking events where people threw out cards like they were ninja stars and were only there to puke up their sales crap all over people's shoes it is actually an opportunity for you to get there over a meal or a coffee or a wine and have a chat with people that understand your situation in your local area we do run them on a quarterly basis in wollongong sydney uh, central coast newcastle adelaide brisbane and cairns melbourne is coming online in july as well so the more the area it is not about pitching it is not about sales it is about you making time to actually be around people that care about you as much as you care about them i think we're also we've um, also got some John interest Mus- with per- a perth one haven't we sometime soon because that's one you know uh, somebody waved a flag for perth, yeah, yeah. perth if you're out there get it on i i really want to see one in perth i'd like to see one happening you know in tassie as well although i know that our tassie contingent is stretched all the way from you know country Tassie to Hobart to Launceston so it might be hard for you all to get there but if you come to me and you say hey I want to experiment with this I will do whatever I can to support you to start a chapter as long as it's not going to be one of those things where you're standing in front pitching to people mm. we're, we're good you know other ways that you can do it if networking is oh by the way though the networking events are introvert friendly because I as many of you know I have an anxiety disorder and part of that anxiety disorder is social situations 
just make me terrified. So what I've tried to do is make them in such a way that that terror isn't accessed, which means that I'm solving the pointy end of the problem for me. Hopefully that trickles down to everyone else that may have varying degrees of social anxiety because I do know that it can be intimidating going and even being around a group of 20 people that you know well, let alone meeting strangers that you don't. Other ways you can do things are like joining mastermind groups for a kind of accountability. Haley, one of our admins, is in a mastermind group and she swears by it. She thinks it's great. You can connect up online. Now, the Freelance Jungle is obviously where we hang out, but there are also other places that you can go. There's Support Act, which is a musician's mental health friendly community that also helps people with things like if you're injured or if you have a mental health condition and you break down and stuff like that, they can help you with raising funds, giving supports and all the rest of it. There's Never Not Creative, which is another group which backs other people. The Australian Community Managers Forum is where a lot of community managers go, oddly enough, to discuss the challenges of being a community manager of large-scale businesses from you know worldwide organisations through to small communities and not-for-profits. There's Freelance Australia in Melbourne. Um, there's also the Designer Collective and there's all manner of boss baby, boss lady kind of groups as well in different fields for designers and um, those sorts of things. Have a look around. Ask other people where they go to get the emotional support that they need from their specific groups. Listen to podcasts. Some of the popular ones are um, Starving Artist, uh, The Hot Copy Podcast for Copywriters, Your Creative Start, The Accidental Creative and The Sydney Writers Festival. All good quality things that have different topics about you can learn how to do things but you can also learn the softer wibbly wobbly side of things as well. Think about co-working or working in an office if it suits you. Even if you get out once a month, even if you do what I used to do when I lived in Sydney and go to the open days so you don't <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I tried um, to do co-working but I'm too curmudgeonly because there's people around and they have music I don't like and they talk in whispers and I and the, the chair's uncomfortable <laughs> and the light's coming the wrong way for the screen and, you know. So I thought it would be, again, being um, extroverted, I thought co-working would be brilliant. It would be a brilliant idea but it really didn't work for me, which is curious. Maybe I spent way too Absolutely. much time in open plan offices <laughs> when I had to and now I don't have to. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it. Well, it's interesting. As, as someone with a, a mobility disability, I find that the majority of co-working joints, unfortunately, in Australia mm. are not disability friendly. So it's not an option for me to work in many of the co-working joints that are available because it would hurt by the end of the day too much. But what I have found is um, they do have some interesting, you know, networking events or talks or whatever that you can go to, which is another way to participate, I guess, in the scene of co-working without actually yeah, having definitely. to co-work. That can be an option as well. And and certainly people uh, that do co-work and enjoy what? it, you know, swear by it. I guess for me another issue is that, you know, most of the co-working spaces around here are in the city, which is an hour an hour commute for me anyway, which kind of defeats mm. the purpose of going freelance because I got sick of the commute. I think, you know, it depends where you live and how, how close you are. And also, you know, a lot of people get a lot of leads from working. You know, if, you, if you're working in a co-working space with similar compatible businesses, you know, it can be a great way to get leads. It can be a great way to work for collaborative perhaps even pitch or tender for projects that you wouldn't necessarily get as a soloist but you can get as a team government tenders oh, and things like definitely. that you know I think that's a really good that's that was one of the reasons that I did want co-working but it like I said it just didn't work for me and I and I do tend to work in some teams that are remote anyway but that's a definite one and I think particularly there's around Adelaide and probably elsewhere quite a few of them are also tied in with sort of innovation hubs you know so startups getting a little bit of mentoring and you know mm. startups need a designer or a bookkeeper or a copywriter 
quite often. So it's a good way to get in front of your target client if that's who they are. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing that's that's really rock and roll sometimes is networking outside of mm. business things. So when I first started in Sydney, I went to a few business networking things and just found them difficult um, because people were in selling mode and rarely in buying mode, but also they lacked connection. But what I found at the particular point in time was there were other things that I could go to, such as there was a group called Think Act Change, which was run by Avis Mulhall, which dealt with specific issues that might have been business, might have been conscious capitalism, might have been eco, might have been feminism, might have been whatever. And you'd go and there'd be 300 people there listening to a panel discussion. And then afterwards, you could find people that you were talking to Mm. about the subject matter that you could then speak to about business because they were drawn to that sort of thing as well. There's another group called Green Ups, which was about people that believe in environmental causes but were in business and it was run by agencies. I think yeah, Digital Eskimo had it for a while and then it handed off to, to one of the other ones and they did it, had it on a rotation so that people didn't think that it was owned by one particular yeah. place. And that was really good because you could go because you cared about the planet but you also knew that you were dealing with business people. So if you can find that kind of sideways sort of, it is your target audience but it's not the topic matter, that can be a really good way of connecting too because you're connecting from something you care about but you're meeting the people that you need to meet for your freelance business yeah perfect it's you know killing two Um, birds well that and that's exactly right and volunteering is another one i know i've done it with lifeline and assistance dogs um and and doing um volunteering stuff i hear that a lot of parents can actually you know volunteer to do stuff with their kids and stuff like that and that widens their circle for them i know that um andrea Rowe from coastal connection down at mornington peninsula swears by it because it helps her yeah and a lot of her clients are profits um, so you know again it's that being able to do yeah, double dipping just, just not with the tofu <laughs> nuggets or anything else uh, we've got an adult presentation on this podcast now from one sorry <laughs> also if you are feeling isolated please consult your gp speak to a counselor find a psychologist and don't forget that beyond blue has got an entire section on dealing with isolation stress men- mental health on their website for small business and self-employed people there's a surprising amount of videos resources chat channels and all the rest of it on Beyond Blue that you can access so that if your stress has progressed to the point where you feel closer to it being an unwell situation or even a mental health condition that is being triggered, there is support available to you that is geared towards understanding what it's like with the small business challenges. And you can always call Lifeline on 13 11 14. That is a national number. And even though it is a suicide line traditionally, it is also for people in crisis. I think that definitely helps helps you know understanding that that there is support out there if it does get on top of you you know you can go to obviously you can do things that might prevent it like networking events um, taking part in Facebook groups various volunteering but sometimes that's not enough and it does get on top of you and you need that professional help so don't be ashamed or don't think that it's only for people in crisis just do it you know with the statistic that we had at the top with 17% of suicides now being workplace related, let's not forget that suicide is the leading killer of Australians aged mm. 15 to 44 and that unfortunately Australia has 
has the highest rate of bullying of any OECD nation mm. in the world at 6% of people facing bullying for two years or more in a traditional work environment. Now, we don't even know what that's like for freelancers. We don't know what it's like for contractors that are doing six months at a workplace and then moving on because this stuff isn't measured. And I think it's important to recognise that our relationships with our clients and how we manage them and also the things that we do to look after ourselves will determine our health and our mental health for years to come. So taking that time to move away from being the sole person looking after everything that you do and actively going out to make connections and build that resilience and having healthy processes in place may stop you from being one of those statistics. And mm. that's what we really care about at the Freelance Struggle. We want to stop people from hurting. To and I think you've touched on a point there that isolation doesn't necessarily mean being alone. You can be isolated because you're you're being bullied or because you're struggling with some other aspect of life rather than being alone, if that makes sense. If that's, you know, I keep saying if that makes sense. I'm, I, I need to uh, think of another phrase. But, you know, <laughs> isolation, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm not isolated because I've got my family around or I've got this or that or the other. But it's not about being alone mm-hmm. isolation. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's about not feeling like loneliness at its core is mm. often loss. You've lost the ability to connect or you've lost um, that sense of identity that you had or there's something that's missing that feels like it's absent. And it doesn't have to be quantifiable. You can be lonely in the most crowded room that you can think of or you can be connected and rich even if you've only got one or two good people to rely on. So it's about that connection and it's about not feeling that sense of loss. Alrighty, I think it's Sounds time perfect. for another ad. What do you reckon, Nicole? <laughs> Heard all this stuff about the Freelance Jungle and have no idea what we're talking about? If you haven't discovered the Freelance Jungle before now, you can head to our website, which is freelancejungle.com.au and have a look around. You can also see our Eventbrite profile, which is Freelance Jungle, that you can find on Eventbrite. We have quarterly meetings in many different cities and some virtual online stuff as well, as well as the main Facebook group, which has about 5,000 members. We go there to share information, talk, stress down, have a bit of fun and back each other up. It's that workmate that you thought you didn't have. Want to know more? Head to the main website, freelancejungle.com.au, check it all out and see what you like and we'll see you around the jungle. And we're back. You're listening to the Freelance Jungle Podcast with me, I'm Rebecca and Nicole. we got to practice that. <laughs> Was there anything that you wanted to add about today's episode, Nicole, considering that I uh, look, this is my passion topic? So yeah, look, it is your it. passion. And and I guess, you know, different people come to freelancing for different reasons. And I, I recognise isolation is an issue amongst a lot of freelancers. And, and I know, it's like I said, it's your passion. I'm very fortunate. I don't feel isolated. I possibly felt more isolated in my last job where I was a middle manager, and which meant I wasn't really senior and I wasn't really junior and I didn't kind of have support there. So to be honest, I probably felt more isolated in my job than I do now, but that's me. And and uh, and I know that, that I am an outlier in this and many other things. <laughs> I think it's almost time to wrap up. I think, what did we learn today, kids? You don't have to be alone and you have to look out for yourself.
yourself. You've got to protect your best asset. And also no one's going to have your ass better than you are. And you can always reach out, whether that's with the freelance jungle, whether that's like what Nicole was mentioning with smaller groups, with Lifeline, with a JPay, with your family, with people that get it. Don't be afraid because this is the other thing that I've found as someone with a mental health condition. A lot of the time you spend so much time in your own head, you think everything that is going on is so much darker than it needs to be. All it takes is putting up your hand and going, I'm not quite sure what's going on here help for other people to go, hey, me too. Can I get a pep talk? Or I saw this. I feel funny about it. Can you give me the sanity check? It, it makes a world of difference. And, and I think, don't even you know, I'm really for. proud of what you've done. I'm proud of you and what you've done with the freelance jungle because it is that place. And you can see the people <laughs> that are new to it post a question almost hesitantly because they're so used to the pile on in some of the other groups. And, you know, the weight lifts from them because, you know, we've made it or you've made it particularly safe and an understanding of the isolation and the stress and mental health issues around freelancing. And I think that's fantastic. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not not always already a member of Freelance Jungle Facebook group. Get on to it. <laughs> yes, you will find us on Facebook in the group section as the Freelance Jungle. We also have a Freelance Jungle Facebook page, which you can join as well. And we put the event on the page just in case groups aren't your style so that you can uh, grab hold of those if you're not particularly into groups but you still want to connect up with people and vice versa you can still be in the group Mm. but not want to see them in person you know putting on pants is a hard thing to do some days okay so next time we're tackling one of the topics in the cohorts here we're looking at why people are afraid to stand up to their clients and what they can do if do about it and we're also defining ourselves cleanly and clearly as not being that gig economy that we keep hearing about so what can we expect next time i'll try not to rant too much that's what you can expect but i guess one of, one of the things that I really focus on or I want to focus on that is that gig economy thing. And I think sometimes with the client management and the difficulty of defining us between gig economy and freelancer or consultant or whatever is almost our fault. You know, we need to, we need to harden up a bit as a community and uh, understand what we bring to our clients and it's more than writer for hire or whatever your passion is, your niche is. <laughs> Sounds fun and exciting (laughs) and a little bit sassy. I like it. Now, one of the things that we're doing with our amazing website that is currently in development with uh, Tori Evans from Tori Designs is we will be having a little thing on the podcast page where you can record your opinions on the topics that we've got and we will be slicing them into either a retrospectively showing them based on other issues that we've spoken about previously, which is the most likely considering um, we're new to this, or also incorporating them live for certain topics. At the moment, though, you can always head to the Facebook group and give your opinion. So if you have an opinion on, you know, how to stand up to your client or the gig economy, feel free to express it in the Freelance Jungle. We'll be popping that question up for you. So I think it's probably time to encourage everyone to go to that Freelance uh, Jungle Facebook group. You can visit it via www.facebook.com slash groups slash freelance jungle one word you will also be able to see our kick-ass new website freelancejungle.com.au once it is launched but for now we'd like to thank you for listening to us and we will see you next time